On December 21st of 2020, the past year, uh, Jupiter and Saturn appeared in the night sky only a tenth of a degree apart. Uh, this is a rare phenomenon, especially how close they were, and it's called the, the Great Conjunction. Uh, there are many who believe that the Great Conjunction was the star of Bethlehem, which led the Magi from afar to the Christ child. But really, it's been debated down through the ages. Was this some kind of natural celestial phenomenon, like the Great Conjunction, like Jupiter and Saturn appearing really close together? Or was it something supernatural? Was this some miraculous phenomenon God worked to bring the Magi from afar? Many of the fathers of the church, like St. John Chrysostomum, uh, believed that. Whether the star of Bethlehem was the great conjunction or some other star or planet, or whether it was some supernatural phenomenon, at the end of the day, we don't know. But what's undeniable is what, or rather whom, the star signified. It signified the epiphany, the manifestation of Christ's divine nature to the nations, to the Gentiles, in the form of the three wise men the Magi from the East. And our gospel presents us with two vastly different responses to this epiphany, this manifestation of Christ's divinity. We have the, the fear of Herod. We have the generosity of the Magi. Why did Herod react with fear? Herod reacted with fear because he saw Christ as a political threat to his power, and he, he thought Christ would usurp his throne, and so he sought to eliminate that threat. Now, someone might object and say, okay, yeah, that was Herod, but none of us are in that position. Uh, none of us would see Christ as a political threat, and fair enough. But the truth is that if Christ is the king of kings, as he certainly is, then that changes things. That means he will make demands upon our life. He will ask things of us. The reason Herod reacted in fear was, yes, he saw Christ as a political threat, but also Herod loved power above all else. He saw power as the ultimate good, and he would do nothing. Uh, he, he would stop at nothing, I should say, to keep it. You know, Herod was a ruthless man. History tells us that. He had one of his wives and three of his sons executed because he was convinced they were plotting against him. Dictators often are like this down through history. They essentially worship power. And so they will stop at nothing to uh, hold on to this power. We might or might not worship power, but we all have some good that Christ may be asking us to give up. And the temptation we face is the temptation of believing that Christ is asking us to, to give up something good that makes us truly happy. The truth is that if we let Christ into our lives, if we let him be the king of kings that he is for us, we lose nothing, absolutely nothing of what is truly good, of what is truly beautiful, of what will truly make us happy. 
We may have a mistaken notion about what will make us happy, like Herod, and believe power is what's going to make us happy. But we need to trust that Christ is God, and he knows better than us. And and if we're tempted, if we're tempted to give in to this, to say that I'm, I'm afraid of what Christ might ask of me if I follow him with all my heart and soul, we need to remember the line Jesus spoke throughout the Gospels. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, and instead, we need to imitate the generosity of the Magi, right? Uh, The Magi were generous in their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were generous in coming from afar on a long and hard journey. And they were generous, and once they found the Christ, they prostrated themselves. They fell to their knees and adored him. What is adoration? Strictly speaking, adoration uh, to adore God is to recognize that he's worthy of supreme honor because he's God. He's infinitely perfect. He's all good, all knowing, all powerful, all loving because he has supreme dominion over the entire universe and because we depend on him far more than we could even fathom. And so we're called to adore God, to give him this honor, and we do this with with our mind, with our lips and words of praise, uh, but also like the Magi who prostrated themselves, we adore God with bodily gestures. That's why when we come into a Catholic church, we genuflect, because Christ is really, truly, and substantially present in the Eucharist, which is reserved in the tabernacle. It's why at Mass during the consecration, when ordinary bread and wine is transformed into the very body and blood of Jesus Christ, We are kneeling, we are kneeling in in an act of adoration, a way of worshiping Jesus Christ. And really, the Blessed Sacrament, it gives us this great advantage over the Magi. I mean, the Magi had to engage in this long and hard journey to get to Bethlehem. We don't have to travel from afar to adore the infant king because the exact same Jesus that the Magi prostrated before, he's present in the tabernacle. In a matter of minutes, he'll be present on that altar and received in Holy Communion. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is a continual epiphany, if you will, a manifestation of God's presence and glory. It's a new Bethlehem. And I know the Mass doesn't often feel like some grand epiphany of God's divine glory, especially in this, you know, in the pandemic when we've had to Unfortunately, we're not able to have all the music that we ought to have, that we would like to have, um, when, uh, nonetheless, even when we do have that music, you know, what we see with our eyes is just a ritual that we are familiar with. Yet, see, the Magi, we need to learn from them. They were wise because they knew that their senses weren't the ultimate test of reality. You know, you think about it, they come from afar to, to... give homage to this newborn king. And they don't find this newborn king in a palace. They don't find him dressed in princely attire. He's in a modest home in Bethlehem. Their eyes told them they were seeing an ordinary baby. But they trusted in what they had seen in the star. They, ultimately, they trusted in God and knew that their senses uh, were not the ultimate 
test of reality. They knew that even though this looked like an ordinary baby, it was anything but. We need to do the same with the Eucharist. The Eucharist, after the consecration, it still looks and tastes and feels like bread, but it is not any longer bread. It is Jesus Christ really, truly, and substantially. We need to rely on our faith. Our faith supplies where our feeble senses fail when it comes to the Eucharist, when it comes to so much of our faith. Today, on this day where we celebrate the Epiphany at Mass, let us resolve to adore our Lord in the Eucharist. Let us pray that we might be able to let go of our fears so that we can generously worship and adore our Lord as the Magi did of all. And let's pray for the grace to see the Mass as the ever-present epiphany of God on earth, as the new Bethlehem. Let's pray to have the faith to supply where our feeble senses fail. Let's pray for the grace to generously give God the very best we have to honor and adore him as the King of Kings that he truly is.